0: Welcome to another very special episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds. With us today, we've got returning, as usual, executive producer of this podcast, my man Danny Cooksey, who you all remember from Different Strokes, Terminator 2, Salute Your Shorts, and many other projects. And joining us today is a very special guest. He's Pretty much a he's a touring comic, pretty much a celebrity. I'm um, in a South Florida legend, my man Carl Remy. Thank you for joining us today, Carl. Uh,
1: thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, legend. I don't know about that, but maybe one day.
0: Well, you're definitely
1: <laughs> you you right, yeah, exactly. That, that's a good intro. You just make up just keywords legend. And he's got no credits, so let's give him legend. And <laughs> appreciate you, Dan, though.
0: Oh, yeah, we appreciate you. Um, Carl, you've been in the game for 25 years, right? The comedy yeah. game? Yeah. And, uh, yeah,
1: started in, was it 94, 96, I don't even know. What's the map on that? Uh, when I was 24, and, uh, yeah, it's just been, I kind of, I did that, uh, did clubs for, like, six years, and then, uh, Got on cruise ships, did that for 10 years, then uh, got off cruise ships, and then started uh, you know, uh, working on acting and, and still touring, but, but kind of focused more on acting and writing and stuff like that.
0: So who, so who were your early inspirations in terms of comics that made you decide that you wanted to get into comedy?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I, I didn't really have any inspiration. I didn't. I didn't even know. I didn't ever want to be a comic. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know. I, I knew a comedian when I was, I was on a softball team uh, when I was like 20, 21, and uh, we knew a comedian. And I just, and we went to see him. He was funny. Looking back on it, I was just a little hacky, um, but uh, but I thought he was funny, and I, I went to comedy shows, but I. I know how to get on like there was no there was no open mics like there was there is now there was no avenue some some pure avenue that you know how to become a comic like there's no written there's no internet there's nothing like that so it's like we didn't know how to become a comic and then my friend had said he was gonna do open mic and I was like We'll, we'll, what's that? He goes. I'm trying to do up for three minutes, and it was about coconuts at the time. Uh, in Boca, and now it's New York. Uh, now it's Black Box actually, New York County Club. And uh, and then we went. I went to go see him to see what he was going to do. And he and he, I guess he kind of backed out. He just got a little nervous, and he's like, I can't do it. And uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll do it. It was the next one. And uh, and then I, it broke down three horrible minutes. And we went up the next time, and I was like, oh, so this is it. This is how you do it. And then from then on, started met with some people who are already kind of in the game. Gregg Ernst, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he's from down here, and I kind of got in with him, his group. And then we, we kind of just did, like, little venues, like coffee shops, and whatever we could get a hold of. It's not like today where it's, like, 30 mics like some. You know, somewhere around the south, the southeast. It's like we were hit. It was like five of us. We were, we were the scene. <laughs> you know, uh, Ricky Crew was one of them. Um, uh, there was a few other guys. Uh, I don't think are down here right now, but um, yeah, it was it, it, it was a different time. But that's, that's how I kind of got in. So there was the answer to answer your question, there was really got inspiration. situation. Didn't really know kind just happened not by accident actually. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like somebody inspired me to get in. I thought there were people more funny than that, and I never really isolated it. Did you
0: ever? Did you ever watch comedy specials growing up?
1: Um. Yeah, you know, I I saw you know Delirious, and like I saw that, but I wasn't like the guy that would quote those. You know, there was a lot of people that would. I knew some of the bits. Um, Bill Cosby, uh, I remember that he just seemed really slow to me. I was like, when did he get to the point? Like stuff like that. It was like I knew a bit, but I didn't. I didn't like have out comedy albums. I didn't never had thought about it. until I was like 24. I was like, let me try this. I mean, I'd always been like funny, but um, you know, it was just to, to do it on stage it was just well, I was a different animal.
0: And um, when you were growing up, like when you were in high school or middle school, did you take theater? Um, no, in
1: elementary school I took theater. <laughs> I did one play when I was in elementary school, and that was pretty much it. I wanted to be a marine biologist, so I went to college for it. And uh, after five years I realized I didn't want to be a marine biologist, which was kind of a student i not paying for college. But that's when I quit college and I became a stand-up. But I, you know what it was? I think I had been to SeaWorld like several times, and I always loved what they did as far as you know, the whale trainers and stuff. Being a, you know, it always gave me like some sort of like rush whenever I'd watch it. I said, "Man, I want to do that," you know. And it's like I, I guess I had took that as I want to train whales, but you know, in, in essence, I wanted to be the entertainment. I wanted to be what they were to me which was entertainment. And, it, and I guess I thought of that as my biology, but it really was just being an entertainer. And I guess it, it took me some years to college to figure that out.
0: So you grew up primarily around like the 80s. Um, I know you were a fan of some of Danny's work, especially his earlier work, like different strokes, right?
1: Oh, yes, of course. Man. Uh, totally, totally, yeah. You. And that but was help no, like, but- Time, you know i'm 48 49. but uh, yeah. yeah man i love you man thanks man i have
2: a question for you so I, I saw the i saw the clip of uh the yawn girl now was that is that something that that you have like sort of on the back do you have a, a sort of like uh a series of things that 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 you know is do you have like a uh, spill the drink girl and like a yeah. bunch of things or did that sort of come about
1: uh no, that came about, yeah, that came organically. I don't I don't have any uh, any ready to go if something happens. Right. Because I don't like to write like that. It, 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 if it doesn't feel organic then I won't do it. Like at that particular moment it was it was funny. I don't know why it's it's funny, but I think it's because it was kinda it was like an early show and the early show was at like six or six thirty. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like daylight out I'm like, who's yawning? Like, am I bored, you know? And right. i started doing a bit, when I'm doing this country bar bit where I'm line dancing. So I'm dancing in front of me. I'm like, this is like the most activity that I've possibly be doing in a like, bit a bit. And then I see her just giant yawn. So, yeah, that, that was totally organic. Um, lot yeah, Some comics that do go into the audience and that riff um, do have that set up. That right? experts. Uh, the, the black guys with the white girl, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. They have the they have the setups, you know, ready to go. I, I don't work like that. I, the only thing I structure is just my dates, and then I'll risk. in between because that gives it gives it a pressure feeling for me. So like if I'm feeling if I feel like I'm just kind of bored of my set, you know, I'll just go into the audience, and then it'll be new to me too, and I'll have a little more fun. Right.
2: Yeah. No. It it seemed it seemed really organic, and
1: it was it was really funny. No, thank you. Oh, for sure. Appreciate, it. Appreciate you. I don't have a lot of stuff
2: on um, Like on mic, uh, like uh, uh, not on mic, but like, you know, open mic type of stuff to then get to like, uh, and I think that's the hardest, that's gotta be a hard part to being like, all right, I'm local. Now how to, what, like what are the steps, you know, and especially, yeah. you know, that was many years ago. Like now there's lots of opportunity. You can do it via social media, but you know, how did that, you know, how what were the steps that you got to like, you know, being able to to make a living doing it?
1: Yeah, well, the, it, it came a little, a uh, quicker for me, I think, than a, a lot of comics because, because um, I did the cruise ships. I was and I did cruise ships after about five or six years of just when I started. And when I started, we. We kind of we got in with the, the, the local club, and then um, three. And then there there was these smaller rooms that were that were all through Florida. Like back then they had they had uh they had these little one nighter rooms where you would get like say you're a feature on a major comedy club like here you could be the headliner at these comedy clubs. Like right. You, left, you could be the headliner there. And it doesn't really pay, but you can get a lot of uh, a lot of space time. You get You can do an hour, you know, or whatever. Right. And so I was doing those. Like I, it was, I was like three years deep, and just doing open mics, and just doing like little cafes. Anybody that would, would, would we would do like they're doing today, but on a really my scale. Like, if have a cafe, and we could do that. I, I, literally the way I got training, I rehearsed in my living room with a hairbrush in front of the dog. Like letter that was, was just reps, reps, reps. And then when I had to go on stage, it was such a treat. So it was very I think I did a lot of stage time, and then like three years in, but I wrote a lot of stuff. You know, I was writing a lot of bits. So I had time, and then I went to this. Uh, I went to, to just do a guest spot to showcase myself in a club called Coconuts, We're still around at NCP Beach. Really good about Shoemaker, and um, and I. I, I the guy, I guess the middle act didn't show, and I'm in, I'm on stage for about ten minutes, and he's telling me to stretch, so I stretch to about twenty minutes, and then I get off stage. He's like, "That was great, you know." Um, how long have you been doing it? I'm like, and it's, "I've only been doing it three years at that time." I said six years, so I lied, and um, he's like, "Well, cool, man, I'll, I'll book you." So it was like my first headlining game. you know. And I didn't, you know, to, you know I don't think I had, you know, I didn't have the time to cover it, but it was. I, I did, it, you know, because it was a smaller room. I knew I could get away with it. I had enough time that I could stretch out and play with the crowd. So I yeah. kind of built that through something like that. You know, I don't necessarily recommend it if you're not ready. But I was, I was pretty decent at, because um, I was very comfortable in the state, so I could risk a lot um, at three years, so I could cover the time. Yeah. So and which was, which was a good. And I'd go to these other little places, you know, you travel four hours in Florida the next morning to this one thing called Giggles and then go to this other room four hours. So you'd be, you know, driving around Florida each day, each night, there was a different gig for these, you know, kind of crappy one nighters. But, um, but it was worth it just mm-hmm. for time and whatever. And then about six years in, I did this contest for Carnival Cruise Lines. I didn't even place. I did like, like, uh, I placed like third or something, but one of the people that books that saw me there, they're like, oh, I'd like to put you on a ship and test you, and then I went on the ship and got tested, and then I got, started getting booking there, so I did that for 10 years, plus some clubs, but but that was the, that was the avenue, and I think today's avenue, because it is, it is saturated with a lot of comics, I think in today's avenue is just get in the clubs and just get better. Just, just yeah. keep breathing. As long as if, if you're going up and doing the same seven minutes, you're doing every just to crush it. If you have a you can have a great seven minutes, but if you keep doing that, the owners see that. Like the, right. the main people, they know you're doing the same exact stuff. But if you're going up and doing you know a different seven minutes and you're doing well, it's like, oh I can put this guy as a host. And that's what you want to do is get to these major clubs, start out as a host. Because it's the hardest job in show business. If you can do that job, you can do any job. Right. And you, you do that. Um, work on your material while you're doing it. I always tell comments. You know, it's uh, it, it's true. You want to get the crowd involved, and get them warmed up, get them to say how are you feeling, celebrating anything, all that stuff. But I always said, work on your bit. Work on a new bit. A, a show. You're new. You're you're there to work. You know, don't just get comfortable just because you're on stage in front of a good crowd. Now's not the time. Now's the time to work. Do, do your stuff that really works, and then go in the bit in almost every show. That's what I used to do. do.
0: Yeah, Ben Stiller won't even do stand-up because he said it's too hard. Um, He was asked in an interview, um, how come you haven't done stand-up? And he said that he can't. He said that it's too difficult for him, that it's a lot easier to be a comedic actor and that he really respects those who do stand up and are able to pull it off and i thought coming from somebody like him that's really high praise and flattering yeah
1: no definitely and i i I don't think because you're an entertainer um you i think you could have you tried it have you tried stand up oh you're
2: talking about no no I, i i've never i've never tried it no you ever
1: about
2: it? I, I have thought about it a couple of times, but it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I, I'm so used to sort of, uh, oh, I feel like I lost somebody. Hello? I'm still here. Oh, okay.
1: Nice. Um, sorry. There was another no. thing okay. my
2: phone. Um, I I've, I've thought about trying it a couple, and it's, it, you know, it's, I'm fine with, I'm so used to sort of getting up there and sort of doing things that's either so scripted of mm-hmm. course part of the exact opposite i've done a lot of cartoons and stuff yeah.
1: that
2: is that is sort of scripted but sort of improv and sort of this but it's like it's it's that's a whole different animal but i love the acts i was a singer too so i love the, like the crowd is that other person in in the thing and you let you sort of they guide you
1: yeah um, you would probably be pretty good at it especially if you're a singer and you have this natural comedic background you know and and you have a lot of have a lot of material you have a lot you have a niche set of material you know just to all the stuff you've done yeah. You know, that's, yeah that's something that that's unique to you and then it will stand out and people want to hear about that stuff and you put it in a funny way it's I, always
2: I, lo- I, lo- I love the whole aspect I mean I just I just love the the art form of, of it's it's like it's sort of out there on a wire you know I mean it's you it, know you really – there's really – you're just – you're out there by yourself. It's, uh, yeah. I, I respect you guys tremendously because it's like uh, – you know, like, I mean, do you remember a time where it was like you said? It's like, all right, he's telling you to stretch. What was that – do you have a time where it was like, okay, so I went from seven minutes to maybe 15, you know, and suddenly it's like, okay, you've got 45. Was there ever a time that you were sitting there going like, wow, okay, this is going to be tough? I, do, yeah. do you have it do i have
1: you know 40 minutes in me right um was there ever time um yeah there, yeah definitely um and, it, and it's not that i didn't have the time it was just some of the material i had wasn't for the crowd i was performing for so that, that's that's got to be difficult yeah it's like so that was the thing starting out like now it's like you no, know, it's different it's been in a game so long but um but back then yeah even even no matter how many years deep it's like if you if you're you know say five years in or whatever you have an hour but you might not have an hour for a particular crowd if you write an hour for a general audience yeah and you're not doing well with some some material you gotta switch you gotta pivot for the most part a lot of comics don't pivot but i like to pivot and knowing, I pretty much know how how any bit's gonna get a, what reaction it's gonna get after I do it. And there's sometimes where I go into a bit where I'm like, I don't. In my head, I'm like, I don't even know why I went into this bit because they're not gonna like it, you know. And it's like I don't realize that till maybe you know a few seconds while I'm in it. And it's like yes, there's just because of a, a comics
2: uh, sort of a dark sensibility. How many times have you gone into something
1: that you know is not going to work, but you're doing it for your own self-amusement? Oh, yeah, like, um, oh, all the time. Like, if there's, (laughs) because when you get into the game and you establish, you know, yourself, you're not going to get in trouble if it sticks. You know if, it, yeah, if you don't have the response that you know you should get it's like right. i feel like a crowd's not giving me what i want and I'll, I'll just turn i'll just i'll go into stuff that i know they're not going to enjoy and i take it and i and i comment after the bit you know I'll, I'll do little stuff after the bit you know like telling them how i know i knew that was that was going to happen that was going to be the reaction you know um but I, I love to play like that and it's so funny because like, I'll get nervous before I go up. And it's, it's, and it's the nervousness is is not um, for the crowd. It's not, it's not that there's a crowd, there's an audience there. I hope they like me. It's more of, for me, it's more of, okay, I got to do 45 to an hour. If they suck and hate me, then, oh, shit, I got to be up for 45. And I know that there's going to be a work coming ahead of me. <laughs> You know, and that's gonna that's minutes. gonna be a long that's gonna be a long yeah. forty five minutes. Yeah, and I've been there at three minutes going, Oh shit. You know, even if it's twenty minutes, I'm like, Oh shit, it's gonna be a long twenty minutes. Right. You know, it's it's funny. it's funny how we think uh, how stand-ups think you learn to think multitasking because you know you're you're looking at one guy who's not laughing anybody else, everybody else could be laughing it's staring at one guy you can't can't stop focusing on the one guy in the front of that's not laughing you're you're thinking about your next bit and then you're thinking about the bit ahead of that and plus you're in the moment trying to be in the moment on that same bit that you're doing for the audience so like there's so many different things going on in your brain that you have to kind of tap to yeah i've i've had the, i've had that experience just as a as a as a singer,
2: I was in a, 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 a like sort of a rock metal band in the early '90s. Yeah, called
0: Bad for Good.
2: Uh, yeah, we, cool. we went on tour with like a, a virtuoso sort of like guitar player, and his the the the, the headliners crowd was like dudes that stood with their arms folded, just wanting to see like amazing guitar stuff. And we were uh-huh. sort of you know like, uh, you know I'm like mm. in like I'm in a dress, you know. <laughs> trying try I'm, I'm like wearing a dress you know trying to you know uh, do something uh, you know counterproductive to what they're wanting and there was just we had a few shows that there was just like no reaction whatsoever and you're going like well this
1: is gonna <laughs> suck next 45 minutes oh yeah you, and that's the kid you remember for like yeah oh of I course well let me
2: just uh, maybe it'll work if i start to insult
1: them maybe they'll yeah. stop unfolding their arms and you know it's funny sometimes that does work it, it when, does It actually when you does. assault the audience and they're <laughs> like oh, okay we do stuff. So. yeah okay sure. Collectively. yeah huh. and, then, and then everybody comes up to the end of the show yeah i don't know about them but i was laughing <laughs> yeah know, that's right really that's yeah. funny yeah, to say, yeah it's the same thing oh. you could you could do stand-up if you really put your mind out i'm sure of it especially since you've been in that situation before
0: yeah, he okay, was. It's def-
1: definitely flying without a net.
0: He was, yeah, he was definitely comedic in a lot of his '90s shows, like um, salute your shorts. He had the most epic line ever, and um, the opening credit theme song. Um, it, that's a part of the theme song everybody remembers, where he says fart. Yeah, oh, uh,
2: yeah, the fart kid.
1: Oh, that's funny. That was
0: when? That uh, was... About 91,
2: 92,
0: something like that. Yeah, the early 90s, and it's one of those shows that's truly like a cult classic now, where um, when it was out, it only ran for two seasons, but afterwards, everybody like myself at the time discovered the reruns and instantly fell in love with the reruns. Oh, that's great. I'll have to
1: check that out. So,
2: right. so you do you uh you do touring stuff now um right
1: now no i just um, i'm just in florida right now uh, I, do, I go to like as far as like Tampa. you know i have to show it size letters there in april um and i do a lot of Naples. i do here locally i'll, I'll uh i'll uh, middle i'll open up for you know big names and i'll i'll sell merchandise after um but i've been working on this film that we shot a movie last year that I wrote and uh, produced, and we're in post production right now. So I've been, it's kind of the everyday process, you probably know, know about that. That um, I've been kind of staying local and getting all that. So I'm like post production manager, and I'm everything right with them. So film. Uh, so we've been working on that and, and um, getting ready for some test screenings, hopefully late April, early May. And uh, but other than that, yeah, I'm still doing a lot of stand up just locally as much as I can.
2: Well, I think it's, that's got to be one of those sort of practices. If if you don't like, if you don't exercise it, if you don't work at it, yeah, you know, I mean, you've got to const- you've got to constantly, like you said, you can't do the same seven minutes. You've got to constantly be evolving.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. even now it's like you know, like I haven't, you know, I, haven't, I have all these new premises, and occasionally I'll throw out the the bits and the premises, but um. I've been so focused on other stuff that you know, it's been doing a lot of my older stuff, and it just it gets for me in my brain. I'm like, uh, I gotta put these bits out. You know, after you know, at least a month, you know, have a new bit, you know, a couple new bits. Um, but yeah, when we when we had the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, I was off for like I, I was off for deep, like not as long as a lot of confidence sometimes i was like, ah, oh, a year off. And I was like five months. And that that was that was weird. The first show back, you know, to not. To
2: well, you, you know, you're stuff. you're lucky you're in Florida. Yeah. yeah they they open shit right the hell back up. I mean, these, these comics out here in L.A. They're 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 still struggling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw comics come back from the years off, and they're like, I don't know, excuse me, a year, and that's that's a rough first show for anybody. Yeah. You know, forget. because <laughs> you forget. Like, you know, like I was halfway done up there, I'm like, I forget the rest of that bit. You
2: know, and I imagine the the crowd it's like the crowd has to remember how to react too, oh
1: yeah, and yeah.
2: I, these days everything is uh over sensitive it, yeah I'm, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm often really you come off that, going you know. like, oh, here's a good idea i I could make this you know, but it's a little blue, it's a little under the you know, and you're going like mm, God, can I even say this
1: now right yeah i don't I don't Necessarily work that hard, like as far as the, the pushing the envelope kind of jokes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I push. I push my own envelopes, so it's like I don't care. Like I'll do vaccine jokes and stuff like that. And um but you know, it's like it's it's for people that got a vaccine, and I did. You know, I'm not like anti vaccine or anything. It's just I do this one bit and. People That I've got vaccine laugh at it. You know, like I haven't really come across any, any like, especially in Florida, and especially when people go to comedy clubs, they're usually 99% of the people are not going to get offended. Right. And of course, you're going to get it. They're going to a comedy show, they usually know what they're getting into. And somebody could say anything. And yeah, is there something like I, I worked with Michael Rappaport this weekend, uh, last weekend, a few weeks ago, and he's great. You know, and then he'll talk about Trump or whatever, and then some people got a little upset. But it's like you know what he does, and you know, right. what yeah, does. yeah, like you can't get upset. Like it's, it's still bits, still jokes. it's, it's You know, he meant no harm. And some people got a little a bit upset. Nothing crazy. I, I, I did
2: it. did a I did a cartoon with him, and he was he was just he was absolutely fucking hysterical. Just yeah. as a human being, I mean, he's just a funny guy. I've yeah. been oh, told
0: that so I look dumb. like him. Yeah, people have told me I look like him.
2: Oh yeah, 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 that was great. You're, you're probably dirtier. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, probably
1: right.
2: Yeah, would yeah, I it's, not a, it's not a risque comic. He's very funny, no. very very witty. Yeah, he is. He just like I said, just in, in general. it was just it was he was just funny. He was uh he was like basically narrating the entire voiceover session.
1: Oh, that's great. Which was which was really funny. No,
2: wow. now, I mean, that's, I guess it's got to be a difference. Like you said, it's like if you're doing like an open mic at like a cafe somewhere as mm-hmm. opposed to going to a, a a comedy show. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you never yeah. know what, I mean, the crowd could have just wandered in for a coffee. Yeah. Open you know what I mean? And, totally and, and, different and that's, that's,
1: yeah, yeah, that's it's gotta, yeah, it's a totally, and that, like, and that's where it gets, it gets hard for comics that are just doing open mics. When you're not in front of a comedy club crowd, your stuff is hit or miss. You're like it, it, there's a chance that you're doing this, and maybe your friends are laughing that are in there in the back. Um, the crowds aren't sometimes aren't just just good at all to test anything. It, it, I don't know how sometimes I don't know how anybody can get work in some of these rooms to to work out because it's like you deliver it and you get nothing for the bit. It's like you want to dump the bit you got to give it a chance in front of a, a real audience yeah the, the bit the bit may work well somewhere else yeah I mean because you can you can you can always do the premise of the bit and then you can see if that has any remotely any chance of making it in a regular room you can be like well there was nothing about that premise that was funny for these people and you're like okay maybe I'll dump the bit but you can usually find a little bit in that
2: You tape here do you tape
1: every 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 yeah, show uh, no nah, i can't watch myself on stage i don't know what it is
2: Even Just uh, like as a matter of like audio just to sort of be able to go okay
1: yeah. i can, I can I, improve on that i, Not, uh, on I wish path. i did i wish i was one of those comics that it did and it could i can't listen or watch myself i hate i cringe
0: i just and gotta I click re-record because yeah after a half hour it um stops so yeah i'm just gonna oh, okay, pause sure. okay. for. F- Right, we're back. Um, so,
1: yeah, so, it, yeah. So you were saying about filming myself. Yeah, no, well, me personally, yeah, it's cringe to me to watch myself. I mean, sometimes when I, I guess when I have to maybe make a tape or something, I'll do it. But um, I don't, I, a lot of comics do, and that's very smart, because you can get a lot of good moments. Like that yawning bit was something that McCurdy's takes takes all the the acts and the headliner, right. so so he gave me all that footage from a week, from me being a week there, um, headlining there, and um, and I just kind of took one show and just cut up a couple things, but yeah, I, I need to do more of that. I, my girlfriend's telling me that I need to do a special, and and I and I will I will definitely do one. Just hopefully, if I just gain a little more popularity, I'm trying to do it right but um but yeah i just i feel like right now doing like a special it's, it's pretty pointless for me as far as, as as far as putting all my material out there and nobody's seeing it you know it's, i just don't have that kind of following right now
2: well it's got to be and i i think about some of like the, the bigger the bigger name sort of comics it's you know i mean how do they it's it's got to be difficult to go because of phones and the video it's got to be difficult for some of them to go out and work out, you know, work out an act. And then it's like, yeah. once that, and they, you know, they do a Netflix, but that act is done. Yeah. You know, that's,
1: I mean, that's it's, it's like everything yeah. has a very, very short life. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily, I'm, I feel like I'm too old for that. I'm leaning more into the, the film, the filmmaker uh, genre. So that's why it's like, I just want to make films gain some notoriety through that, then just do stand-up and just up my, you know, and be able to close, headline these rooms across the country and make a decent amount of money doing it. I'd be happy with that. I don't need a Netflix special that has to write a new album.
0: The good thing about comedy, though, is they're not as ageist as they are with other art forms. Like, Rodney Dangerfield was in his 50s, I think, when he got his big break, and he's literally, like, one of the top Ten legendary comics of all time.
2: Yeah, course, course, wasn't exactly a spring chicken, either.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. and Lewis Black was, I think, like fifty when he got his big break.
1: Yeah, it was funny. I, was, I worked with him back in the nineties, and he was like, he was just doing regular up and you know, and then he put on this character one night of the angry guy, and he's like, it just it just hit. And he's like, "Whoa, well, I guess I'll do that from now on." And that's what took him over. It because he had been doing standup for at least ten years before he even
0: started that character. Yeah, he was—he's kind of like his the next generation's Sam Kinnison in terms of the whole like screaming jokes. Yeah, yeah.
2: I,
1: I, there was there was nothing there was nothing like Kinnison.
0: Yeah. yeah, there
1: was a there was a comic down here, uh Eric Myers, that uh, actually passed away last year. A really good buddy of mine. Um,
0: that was he, really horrible what happened.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was so so horrible. But um, he he was he was probably the equivalent of Sam Kimison today, as Sam Kimison was. Like, like he was just a monster comic and. I- he just had some demons he was dealing with, and that's not, I don't think that was, had anything to do with him passing or anything, but um, it's just, he just never blew up because of you know, certain things, but he was, he was, he was that guy, like, if you wanted to compare that, but yeah, there's nobody else like Innocent.
0: But yeah, I think um, Eric was probably, like, the favorite among... Of all South Florida comics, he's the one people consistently referred to as their favorite when asked who's, like, your top South Florida comics. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. He was, uh, and he's just, he's just a good dude.
0: Yeah, very, um, laid-back, very mellow guy. That's why I was surprised to hear about some of his demons, because, um... He was always such a chill guy. Whenever I was around him,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, we all have demons, friends. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny, man, I'm always like, I feel like you're not an artist unless you struggle with these demons. <laughs> you know, it's, demons. And it's and like,
2: it's so much. It's it's very it's very true in like uh, like singer songwriter musical artist as well uh, as stand up
1: stand up. Comics, especially. I mean, because yeah, I, um, I, I, I had a, a drinking problem. Uh, I was pretty deep on the ships, and uh, I sobered up when I got out. But I had, I had those same demons. I was, I was there. You know, and it helped me become a better and a better writer, having had done that. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was fighting those, those things too, man. That's why I always kind of joke about it. I think you know, like that.
2: It, it's. I mean, there's 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 a certain screw that's loose to anybody, whether it, anybody that's like, okay, here, let me let me stand up here without a net. Let me let yeah. you know what I mean. Well, let's let's let all let's let all critique you know come come to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And front front and center, bring it on.
1: Right. There's, there's it's, like screw judge me. it's like judge me in real time. Yeah. It's like you, you tell me how you feel about me right now as I pour my heart to you. Yeah. Like
0: that, there's, yeah. There's,
1: there's, yeah, there's a psychological damage that can come from that. You know?
0: it's like, yeah. Some of the greatest artists of in history have been ones who were very troubled. Edgar Allan Poe, Tupac, I would add in that list. Um, but yeah, Edgar Allan Poe, he got the inspiration for his stories because he lived a truly fucked up life, and it was... Almost like the demons he was facing that he hallucinated was he turned into stories. Yeah, I I, I
1: totally respect that. I have I put a lot into this film that I wrote that, that I had the demons because it's about these people that, that carry these demons and they, they come out throughout the night. But I put my own demons into this particular character in my film, so yeah, I I totally can relate to that.
2: Yeah. As as you as you're writing and you're working on material, how much of it comes from self, and how much of it is like uh, sort of just
1: observational? Um, well, a lot's observational. It's just see what you know. You see it, and then like the joke will come out. You're like, "Oh, that's funny. I gotta write that into a bit." Yeah. And that's where the premises come from. You know, it's like you had this great idea, like. You saw something like, "Oh, that'll be a great bit. I can expand on that."
0: Yeah, and then you write it down on that map. What sucks is when you have a joke that you know uh, deep down inside is a good joke, but the audience doesn't get it. Like I have this one joke about how contradictory it is that we've had so many World War Two veterans in the state of Florida over the years. I'm like. If you were involved in Normandy, would you ever want to look at a fucking beach for the rest of your life? (laughs) That's
1: great. That's a great
0: joke. Yeah, yeah, so many of the audience members say, look, they're so stiff after I tell that one. It's like you gotta literalize some of these jokes for them, because... They don't remember history. They don't remember that like D-Day was fought on the beach and everything. Oh, you're talking
1: about like younger crowds. Maybe? Yeah,
2: yeah, younger true. crowds not, not yeah. as
1: learned, not as learned. <laughs> yeah, not as learned. Yes. You know what? All you gotta do after you do the bit and go, okay, I see public schools or something. you know, just get kind of comment on the fact that they don't get it. <laughs> on their on their own stupidity. Yeah. It's exactly what I do, you know. It's like that's a funny bit. You should never stop telling that. That's great. But yeah, uh, how, many, so- how many times have you have you come
2: across something that that is sort of personal? Because I think with comedy, there oh, there yeah. always is that there always is that aspect that you've gone like, yeah, I'm gonna let this
1: one go. This is oh, a little too yeah. close.
2: This is a little yeah. too close for home for even me.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is, is coming from personal experiences um, you know I'm not like a marriage comic guy like you get the guy that you know he's married these are all coming from his yeah, and yeah. Personal experiences and stuff like that so I'm, I'm not I'm not that type of comic I'm more observational but if it's happened to me then I'll put that into bits you know even if it's, yeah even if it's stuff from the past you know I' felt right into into material.
2: I, I heard something uh this last couple of weeks and I'm trying to think of I think it was I think I was listening to the uh David Spade and, and Dana Carvey have a, a podcast and, and they were saying something it's like, you know, today's stand up comedians, uh, you know, are quite they're there's not that it's not like we're living in ancient Greece or there's this like radical sixties counterculture where it's we the stand up comics really have become like the sort of philosophers they're the ones that yeah. speak in front of people so it is a lot of personal a little sort of you know what i mean like uh yeah. talking yeah. about society it's not it's not vaudeville it's like it's you've really got to go sort of to especially to sort of reach the upper stages you've got to bring something personal or something you know you got to like uh, my
1: I bring my, my viewpoint. Like I'll, I'll do the COVID stuff. I'll do and I'll bring my whole viewpoint in. And and some people really love it. And some people, you know, really don't care for it. I'm sure. Yeah, but it's it's something that I believe, and that I'm not going to back down from. That I'll speak the truth. I'll speak my truth. And and I don't cater anymore. I don't. You know, I, there's a bit like if I'm if I'm a certain area or whatever, I won't do the make do the bit. You know. But, but for the most part, if I, I, I think it's funny, you know, without being malicious on anybody, yeah, um, but, you know, it's like even like how it's like, I was, like I was tagging up this joke about the vaccine and stuff. And, um, and uh, you know, so it's was like, hey, you, you you don't do it for you, you do it for Nana. You know, we're doing it for Nana. I was like, who the fuck is Nana? And I'm like, you know, what we do is we grab all the Nana's and we stick them in a FEMA can. You know, it's like that, that little thing. People are like, "What?" You know, it's like I don't. That's funny. yeah, it's, yeah it's, but it's, it it's, it doesn't you know necessarily hit all the time. But you know, just make it for the situation of what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like obviously I don't want all bananas <laughs> to get hurt. <laughs> you know. How much but, emphasis um...
2: do you do you find that you have to put on like uh like
1: current events and to, like do you feel like do you. Uh, I I, never I mean, do current events, but I mean you have to comment on the times now. Yeah. Just because you gotta it's it's nine thousand that's in the room everywhere you go. And that's right. Whatever. But and but other than that, I don't really do that much current events because it, it changes. You know? like I don't I want stuff that I can do and last. I don't I don't put my effort into writing bits like that. And plus uh, there's so many comics that do it. And so yeah. there's, there, there's pretty much you're going to tell the same exact joke as somebody else. Yeah, There's only so many ways you can tell a story. Yeah, yeah with the same premise. So it's like I just try and go base, base stuff on stuff that's happened to me or, I, or I, I observed. And then I'm like, okay, well, at least it's true to me if another comic has a similar premise, yeah, of course, but it won't be the same bit, you know.
0: Yeah, like, some of my jokes, they were inspired by other jokes, but that the other jokes had, like, a different context and stuff. So before turning them into bits of my own, I would make sure that I actually had a different enough context that it wouldn't come off as copying or anything.
1: Yeah, I t- yeah, that's, that's my thing, too. Like, I try not to watch other comics, I mean, I'll watch like I'll watch my friends and I'll watch whatever, but I don't sit there like and study comics to right. you know, like just because I don't want to be influenced. I don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want to have because you can get influenced by by a certain. Big you can't, You can't. You can't help.
2: You can't help. I from from my like background as far as like music goes, it's kind of it's it's oddly the. It's oddly the other way around. You can't help but to absorb music and sort of spit things out as you interpret them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's only yeah. in that there's only twelve notes that you can play, so yeah. <laughs> it's, you know I mean you've got exactly. to sort of it's all coming from this like a uh, hodgepodge, but it's that's got to be a whole different animal.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it's a, and it's like and plus you don't want to be on stage delivering, um, you know, like I like I have a technical joke. Going on, it's, it's like it's, it's a quick one but it's couple but it's not about the dick. it's like there's further deeper into that It's just the beginning of the joke but it's right really dick dick jokes out there it's like you're just adding to the to the myth you know it's, it's like it's, it's almost it's almost hacky now to do that you know it's like you can just the premise can just be just so worn and you try to avoid and avoid all that stuff. you're trying to come up with some different angles of certain things and maybe not go straight for the low hanging fruit.
2: Yeah, and, and that's and that's got to be another
1: uh, another situation is that even though you're not trying to
2: watch other comics, you still know deep down, like, all right, this everybody's doing this.
1: Yeah, you, just, you know, you know? Yeah. even if you don't hear it, you're like, there's no way nobody's thought of that
0: yet. Yeah, right, yeah. like, um, I've heard of a couple of South Florida comics, and I'm pretty sure they had no idea of this one telling this joke, but I've heard a couple of them. Um, inadvertently use a Jim Jeffries joke, this one joke of his where he says he wonders how blind people wipe their ass. Um, yeah. It's a, well, it's,
1: a great, it's a great joke. Yeah, I mean, that's but that sounds. It doesn't sound like it, it sounds pretty like you could think of that. You know. It's not like that that's hard to think that somebody else could come up with that same idea. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they're not quoting Jim Jeffries, or are they doing the exact punches?
0: Um, no, it's a little bit different, but yeah. So I really don't think they know that it's a Jim Jeffries joke. But right. and of course, I'm not going to interrupt them during their set and point that out because that would be mean and it would embarrass them. But
1: yeah, you can tell them after the set because that's that's a good thing. You want to do that? You want to be like, hey, man. This- other thing, Jim Jeffries, that has that same bit, he does it on TV, you know, because we've all been there. So back in the day, it was a couple bits where I'm like, it's way too close to my, like, Sebastian Maniscalco. Like, back in the day, we I used to do this, um, this bit about it, bring my uh, CD, Sony CD man Walkman to the gym, you know, changing discs and doing all this stuff. And he had the same pretty much the same premise, you know. It was almost the same, you know I had never seen it before, and, and then I and then I watched it. And I was like, oh shit, we got, that's pretty damn close, you know. Not I mean not obviously not the same tags or whatever, but but it was like it was too much to be like, oh okay. Well, I mean that's just an easy back then. That was an easy premise, you know. That they, they we're changing this. That's gym, that's you know
2: that's got that's got to be that's that's the one of the the sort of. You know, it only as it relates to stand-up comedy is as a, you know, as an actor, it's like you can, your characters are going to be similar to to other things that have, you know what I mean? You can't, there's, you know, in music, it's like, you know, what, what am I just not, you know, after Jimi Hendrix, nobody uses a wah-wah pedal, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like comedy is one of those things that it's like, "Mm, is that too close? You know what, like, where, where is that? That line is really, really fine. In, the, yeah, in that, in that, in that performance that
1: performance. That's a great observation. Yeah, and people, and but it's okay to steal from movies. It's okay to be like, yeah, hey, I like that shot that Cooper did. Right. Did or, or, or I like this, this. I like
2: this person's accent or the way that they played yeah. crazy,
1: and I'm gonna Yeah, off, you it like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, went from Jaws yeah. and next to a chalkboard. You know, it's like we see, like you, it's it's acceptable to steal, but it's not acceptable to steal straight bits from. Right. It's just, it's just, it's, I, I think it's just integrity i mean people still feel i mean i know i've seen it and, yeah uh, and then they're just i see that they're delivering exactly the way that the, and it's, it's interesting to watch that and but now it's it might not even be just stealing it might just be a old khaki bit that right. just, you know the yeah. Viagra. we get it you know it's like the whole Viagra joke. It's, it's done. It's been done, but there, people are still doing it, and it still gets laughed. So, right, it still gets laughed. A lot of old-time comics are still gonna do it. You know, to, to me, it's—it's it's like there's—it's it's just gotta move on. You know, you gotta just get past and then start working on. Cause I do it. I still do a lot of older stuff, but it translates to now. You know, I'll put different tags on it. But yeah. Um, there's yeah, there's
2: definitely there's a lot less gray area. And and what you can sort of lift and what you can, yeah, sure. than
1: than 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 other of the uh, performance arts for sure. Yeah, and it's and it sucks as a new new person starting out um, because you you want to steal, you want to you want to be good on stage because you heard somebody doing these great bits. You're like, oh, I could do that, but you know, it's it's it, it's like it, it's easy to watch and then mimic than it is to just write your own stuff and come come up with your own voice
2: and it's and it's it's kind of, it's kind of funny it's like even if you look back through the
1: you know some of it's
2: like I, Eddie Murphy's stand up was was uh, some of the the best i've ever seen yeah. and you could still look and go but he he did he didn't necessarily borrow the jokes word for word but the the, the there's a lot of Richard Pryor up there yeah, yeah. well he, and was... he met it he met it head on i mean there's there's still a lot of a lot of that every great artist you can look back and go well you
0: know
2: that's that's you know such and mm-hmm. such. Well, I mean, yeah, good lord! The Rolling Stones and the Beatles—they've individually been sued many times.
0: Yeah, but I think Eddie, Mur- these, Eddie Murphy. Eddie you Murphy know? was pretty much the next generations prior, and then Chris Rock was the the generations prior after Eddie Murphy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now Chappelle. Yeah. Now Chappelle's taken that spot. So rich basically those three guys who came after i refer to them as like priors because they're the top black comics of their generation but Pryor was the one who started it all
2: and i I think Chappelle Chappelle sort of takes on that that aspect of sort of social commentary uh, that, that that i mean rocked it a little bit and 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 eddie not so much but like, you know, he's definitely went like, Okay, this is this this is my lane over here, you know? Yeah. Uh, totally. And yeah, it, he's got a voice, so he's kinda
0: Yeah.
2: It. Which which is why I, I reference what I said before. It's like it's uh I can't remember if it was one of those guys, but someone was saying it's like stand up comedy have become today's sociologists, philosophers. They're the ones that's outside sort of like, you know, speaking yeah. to people and, and and speaking on life and speaking like, you know, commentary on things that, you know, a hundred years ago would have been a philosopher or, you know, yeah. like
0: that. Well, I I, I I feel like comedy is one of the few art forms that's not dying, like the movie industry or music industry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it, right? I mean, obviously now because there's less venues right now at this moment. Everybody's flocking to Florida. Yeah. But um, but there's also, there's more...
2: Streaming services. There's more places for, yeah. you know. I mean, it's not just it. You know, in the '80s and the and the '90s is. I mean, yeah, sure. you put a record out, or you did like an HBO special. That was pretty much it.
1: Yeah, I know. It, but that gives you yeah. the, the fame and fortune. Now you put a comedy special out. You better hope that you know, that even if Netflix picks it up. You're right. There's a lot of comedians on Netflix. I'm like, ah, oh, Right, you know, it's, it's it's still it's still like a numbers game
2: right now. Much, and then you got you got Amazon, you got you know every every streaming service has their own sort of you know yeah. batch of, of people that they're putting out.
1: Yeah, I
0: think yeah. comedy's now bigger than ever because now everybody's watching comedy. Back in the 90s, it felt like comedy had more of a cult following than other art forms. And, yeah. And now you know, venues,
2: the venues are opened up, but you got to keep fresh because once you put that out, it's a wrap.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially after you're doing new stuff, like I. Some, but, I mean, granted, they probably have Ghost Riders for nine yeah. 10 of them, um, Which is smart, you know. You're still doing the bits, but you know, you're just getting a little more help. But you can afford it, you know. It's like, yeah. Now, know, have you have me. you ever
2: have you ever gone into that that realm of comedy? To write, write, like you know, writing jokes for other for you know. Um, I mean, no, like, no, I know I'm, Rodney Danger. He'll Rodney, yeah. Rodney had a long history of other you know paying people to yeah. write jokes.
1: You know. Yeah. No. I, I would, I'll tag up jokes for people and I'll, I'll uh, just you know that I see or whatever. I'll or I'll I'll talk. To, we'll be talking. I'm like you should write that to a bit and then give them the points on a bit. And they're like, oh, yeah. I never thought about that. So I'll tell people like that, but. I, I don't know. I just like, especially if I come up with something really clever. Like I want it, you know. You want, want rat, it, right? Yeah. You know, it's like I want. It's not worth money to me to, to give up my thought process. My whether it never makes anywhere or not. At least I, I know it. I wrote it. I came up with it. It's mine. That's that's the one thing. I, 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 I believe in the art of stand-up I believe in the the technic, the technical stuff. The tech, what it takes to write a bit and, and make it as clever and as witty as your own as possible. And that's, that's what attracts me to stand up, not the fame, the fortune, or what, which I have none of, but, but, even, but still, you're still famous for that, whatever amount of time you're on stage when there's 300 people in the audience.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: you're still the man
0: at that moment. Well, and like, arguably you're one of the bigger ones on the South Florida scene. I mean, I'm, i am the, you're one of the main ones my friends who come with me to a lot of the shows think about when they think about the bigger um local comics my friend Lindsay, the one you met she's a yeah. huge fan of yours no, i appreciate
1: that you know yeah no it's, but i yeah like I, I just enjoy the art form that's why I like i enjoy going up and presenting something that i know i really i know that's my own that that's and it, that's that's what makes me feel good it's not it's not like i, I do it i kill crush it in a show and then i'll go to, i'll go to bed at nine o'clock
0: yeah so she, there there's been certain shows she's known that you were going to be the headliner and she's wanted to go not so much for the headliner but because she would want to see you open no that's-
1: Yeah, I, I like any any person that says they're a fan, like I don't look at myself as, as as that guy. Like I don't feel like I don't a lot of my fans out there, I was like, oh, my friends or people I talk to or whatever. So I have that mentality of that, that I don't I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it. It's just not my it's not my brain. It's, I don't do this for that, you know.
0: And also fame, um tends to cause more trouble than it's worth sometimes i know danny could probably tell you that um that fame at um leonardo dicaprio described it as like a video game you never know who's gonna pop out next wanting an interview and whatnot and all your and you have to do work so hard to hide your dirty laundry from the public because otherwise it's going to make headlines.
2: Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like with everything. It's like I always say, it's like I, I I, did a lot of stuff when I was, like, really young, so it's like, you know, I never got to, pl- I never got to play Little League because uh, <laughs> I was doing a TV show, but at the same time, I, you know, I did get to sing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium. So, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's like... It's, you know, you take, you you know, it's six on one hand, half a dozen on the other. I had a question. How much uh, before you, how much do you, is is there sort of a scripted format, like, do you think of? Do you just have all these things in your head and you go for broke? Or do you literally go like, okay, I've got this and I've got that and I've got this? Like, how, mu- how much is the sort of off the cuff and how much is it like, all right, I'm going to, here are all my pieces of the puzzle and tonight I'm going with the... Uh, you know the change up, the fastball, you know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent strategic development, and yeah, you know, it's like I'm like, I know basically where I'm gonna go. I'm like, right. oh, I want to crush this crowd, so I want to sell some shirts, <laughs> you know, shirt yeah. Designer. Um, so or it's like a big room, it's like I know that I just want to I just want to blow it up, or it's like a Doing a, like an off night at like Naples or something and I know and a lot of they have a lot of regulars there and I work there a lot so I'll be like okay I'll mix it up and I'll play yeah. around with some, some newer bits and I'll do that but but it's 100% going in you're like okay these are just going to do it's only when you get derailed when something happens during the show or what your mind what my mind process does it just it's like well I'm telling a joke right now I'm going to the audience for no reason it's like Right. Uh, I can't stop myself, or or I see something, something happens, and then, then from mistake, the I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta comment on that. And then yeah. that's where you just kind of go off. So, yeah, some some comics would be verbatim, for they're full set and like straight. Like, I worked with um, uh, SNL guy. That's that ticket. Uh, which is oh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz, yeah. And he, we were in the green room. He's like, I, Yeah, I don't. He goes, Yeah, you play around with the crowd. I, goes, I, I, I can't do that. You know, I'm yeah,
0: nervous. I just got to hit re record real quick.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you could even go as an alias. You don't even have to know if who right. you are, You know? <laughs> All Especially righty.
0: We're back.
2: All
1: right. So,
2: so that's you funny. That. So, you, sir, that, I think that's. I did, a, I did a really bad movie with John Lovitz. And it's so funny that he, like, that you were, as far as his stand up, that he, like, he he had to stick to a script because w- when I worked with him, he did not stick to the script at all. That's funny. Oh, well. I can see
1: that. <laughs> I can totally like, see
2: that. At all. Like, what, none whatsoever. That's yeah. so
1: funny. Yeah. It's like, it's such a totally different medium. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I can totally see that, too. I can
0: see but, him on the road like that. And what sucks, too, being over 35 as a comic, is that, um, there's certain jokes we have that would kill with an older crowd, but when you're around a younger crowd, you know they're not going to get it. Like, I have this one joke that I only tell in front of older crowds where I go, you know, out of all the celebrities, I bet Rosie O'Donnell has caught the virus more than any of them because, according to Paul Simon, Rosie's the queen of corona,
2: yeah, see, you'd have to you have to be a really
1: big Paul Simon yeah. fan to, to pick yeah, up on that joke because because that I get it, but that loses me to <laughs> I don't know the reference, but I get it. It's a reference to a Paul Simon.
0: Yeah, because the song "Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard" yeah. um one of the lines in the chorus is "Goodbye, Rosie, Queen of Corona." Yeah.
2: I love I love your singing voice, Dan. By the yeah, way, yeah, that's great. <laughs>
0: I know, unfortunately, <laughs> I get it from my dad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's amazing. How long have you been doing go stand-up?
0: Um, 11 years now, actually. Wow. In about two weeks, it'll be exactly 11 years that I started. And it all started with me riding my bike when I didn't have a car past an open mic show. And them asking me a couple of people on the scene if I wanted to see a free show. I loved comedy and they needed somebody to solicit flyers for the show. I agreed to do that in one week. One of them told me I should try it, that he would put me up for like two minutes the next week. I tried it. I was shaking more than Michael J. Fox up there my first few times, but, Uh, but yeah, I stuck with it. And each week I went back and got better and, and better and improved more. The more I did it and, then to the point where i just became very comfortable on the mic and have continued doing it ever since
1: that's the man i would love to uh work with you
0: but yeah what's it called um we definitely got to do more shows sometimes together um do do you run any rooms like besides the improv
1: um i don't i don't run any rooms i just i just get
0: yeah. So I, I gotta have yeah. you on as the headliner at one of my two rooms. I would love to have you on as the headliner. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Let me know. That'd be awesome. We, we too. We'll get we we'll get Danny to Time too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll
1: bring some I'll bring some props. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been lo- it's been long enough. I'll do Gallagher's act, whatever
1: that was. Yeah, right. Just you know, I'll bring a watermelon.
2: Yeah, yeah. You bring a watermelon. I'll bring a an <laughs> hammer. And I think that writes itself. I think that was the whole act, right? I love it. No, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, it'd be great.
0: But I mean, yeah, how- what's it called? Um, what also is frustrating is knowing that is when you have a joke that's so like on PC, but you know it's a great joke but you realize that but you know you're going to get a really bad reaction if you tell it so you have to withhold from telling it
1: yeah yeah that does suck um but that's the thing it's like it it, it doesn't necessarily have to withhold it it's just like are you going to lose the audience with it Yeah. it's like it's like if it's something where it's like oh I'll get them back on the next joke after then you should tell it you know, I always know if I lose the audience, I know that there's some bits that I can just start doing to get to gain them back. To get them back.
2: Yeah. Or 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 save that till you know you've you've launched a couple of uh, you know ones that, that you know some. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. But you know.
2: Okay. All right. If they laughed at this, they'll laugh at that. Okay. I think. Oh I can, yeah, I can
1: let sure. this one fly. I can for let this sure. one go now. Yeah. For sure. And it doesn't. And sometimes it doesn't even work like that. It's so weird. Like, How'd like that's the line? You yeah.
0: yeah, you're gonna ooh at that. Yeah, that's the line. That was way worse than the first joke. <laughs> yeah, crowd dynamics are so weird. But yeah, yeah. yeah, what's it called? I used to years ago have some pretty risque race jokes, but um, pretty much a couple years ago, after everything that happened in the country, I stopped. Even the non on PC race jokes, I pretty much retired because it just no uh, longer felt like the right time to tell any.
1: Uh, no, you know it, it really is. Not to censor anybody, but it's like it's like what what battle do you want to fight? You know, it's like yeah, it's really necessary. You know, like are you just trying to get a rise? Are you trying to be? Or do you really have a valid point to why you're writing that bit? You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's that, that's something like I don't really mess around with too much. You know,
2: well, it's, it's got to be tough for, for people that are up and coming too, because it's like, it's one thing if you're sort of established, you're, you're headlining, you're headlining a place, you, people are coming because they know that you're going to do a certain kind of humor as opposed to, you know, the first guy yeah. on at the beginning of the night, they don't know who you are. And suddenly they're going like, Hey, wait a minute, that right. out, that's out of bounds for you. You know, the headliner could get away with that
0: joke, but you, uh, I'm not laughing at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Louis C.K. Yeah. and George Carlin have both gotten away with openly using the N-word on stage, and people love it for, when it comes yeah. from them, but if an up-and-coming comic recited their joke, um, they would probably get crucified for it. Oh,
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, there's... Yeah, it's all... It's, it's all weird. Yeah, it, it depends what hill you want to die on,
0: you know? And honestly, as much as I'm not for censoring the comics at the same time, I will admit that it does somewhat set in a bad example, because then up-and-coming comics here, like, Lewis C.K. use that word, and they think, oh, I can use it too.
1: Right, there's a lot of comics that just want to try and be shocked they're really not it's just more offensive and you know and it's just it's just it's just mis, misguided that's like they just they're not that one day they'll look back and go oh i, I probably should should have did that
2: yeah waste, wasted some time and
1: energy going down that avenue yeah and when, when i like like when i first started i was i was writing clean because we were doing like little cafes and coffee shops and i was like just focused on writing clean nothing dirty just because i could do it there you know, and then it started to get my own voice, and then I, when I got on cruises, I was censored because we had to do clean shows, and I hated that, and I was like, I don't want to be censored. Not that I want to be anything, it's just, I just don't want to be censored as a comic. Not that I to push envelopes and shit, but I don't want to be able to say shit every now and again, fuck there, and whatever. But it's just like, I didn't like that, and it wasn't a good feeling to be censored like that. You know, and I get the whole race thing, yeah, you know, I mean, you definitely not be racist on stage. You know, yeah. It's not censoring you. It's just it's just obvious. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I think if, if a joke is if 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 the whole purpose of your joke is is you know the f word or this and that and and you can't tell a clean version of it and it would still be funny, then you yeah. probably didn't write
1: that great of a joke. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I throw the f on the end. like duh oh, sometimes and the joke, but it's like I can do the bit without it. Yeah. You know, it just it just comes out of my vocabulary. You know. It's it's funny it's funny how all that works but yeah if you if you you know obviously if you're doing a doing a a bit where it just involves effing all the time it's like okay i guess you probably have to say that but, but yeah it just depends on what kind of comic you are
0: yeah i used to oh, be all
1: right my dudes yes yes pleasure meeting you it's it's, it's, a,
2: it's been it's been fun
0: so it's carl um fun. before it's we wrap it fun. up where can we find you um in the near future um for all you south floridians listening where can you, we find you uh this thursday
1: i'm doing uh, uh what's, what's the uh the redheaded girl's name um forget what what's his trunk, i'm doing his trunk, um on thursday and then i'm doing on uh, Saturday, I'm working at, the, I think, the Coral Springs Center with um, Eddie Griffin.
0: Oh, yeah, and Chris Priester's the other opener, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I'm the only white dude on, on that, so that should be a fun, fun one. That, <laughs> Julie, uh, Julie Biles will be there.
0: That's how I am at um, Fins and Things, one of the two rooms I host. I'm like the token white guy. <laughs> yeah, they'll get a token. That'd be great.
1: But yeah, those are the two I'm doing this week.
0: So for all of you listening, look for Carl at those two rooms, and trust me, he's one you don't want to miss. Just ask some non-official critics how good he is.
1: Yeah, come to my neighborhood. Talk to my neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Love you guys, guys. man. Have a good one. Take care.
0: Thank you so much. It's been an honor having you guys on. My honor, bro. And this concludes another episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds. Thank you for tuning in.